Cookie Crisp Wizard? Which is not even a reference I get because the Cookie Crisp mascot wasn't a wizard when I was a kid. It was a burglar. <laughs> Good morning, morning Greendale. Greendale. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And here are your morning announcements. Today we're talking about Community, Season 1, Episode 20, The Science of Illusion. I have a very simple question for you, my friend Ben. Okay, hit me with it. Which one of us is by the book and which one <laughs> of us is the badass? Um. Okay, I mean, there's, a, there's funny ways to answer this and then there's the... <laughs> five word way to answer this give um, me the funny ones and we'll save the five word for for the end of it because i feel like that's going to be funnier somehow okay so um let's let's talk about this let's, okay okay but what by the book means rule follower someone who Follow follows the rules. rules and the badass is someone who does everything their own way mm-hmm. uh you can go your own way um as the song says y- yes um i like to so, think of it like lethal weapon where uh, i believe that uh danny glover is the by the book i just trying to get get this done so i can retire and mel gibson is the badass so really what we're asking is which one of us is danny glover and which one of us is mel gibson well i hope that neither of us is mel gibson because he <laughs> is anti-semitic but that's a different discussion mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um okay let's let's strike Let's let's have a <laughs> let's have an alternate reality in which Mel Gibson is not anti-Semitic. That um, would be a good one to live in. Yes, it, I agree. It's literally the exact same universe, except Mel Gibson is not at all racist mm-hmm. or anti-Semitic. And I won't or, even go into the butterfly effect of ter- doing that because he's been made fun mm-hmm. of being for racist uh, in in other mm-hmm. locations. So that those are gone too. But that's let's just not focus on that. Let's just focus on badass versus uh, by the book about me and Ben <laughs> <laughs> instead of going so, on a weird Mel Gibson diatribe. So um, I think we need to figure out, first of all, who can say i'm getting too old for this better okay so okay uh am i going first or are you going you, first? you're going first <sighs> i'm getting too old for this okay okay pretty good um uh okay here's me <clears throat> i'm getting too old for this all right it's not bad i you know mm-hmm. i like that um mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what I feel is, like we have to do a poll now for our, our followers to say which one of which one of us said that better. What is Mel Gibson's character's defining quality in that movie? Because I think it's hair. I think it's hair. Okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, he's got a mullet. Um, I recognize what I just did to myself, considering <laughs> you've shaved your head fully, and yes, I have uh-huh. uh, some hair on my head. Uh huh. Um, although I would say, I would say that if hair have, is a pretty defining characteristic of him in that movie. It is. If you have any other ca- defining characteristics, feel free to throw them out. I'll probably agree to them. But hair was the first one that came to mind. I'm looking up Lethal Weapon. I mean that hair though. Um, cast. He's got a Letterman's jacket. Is that something? 
<laughs> There's no... So sometimes Wikipedia is like, here's a, a lengthy description of literally every character in this movie. <laughs> and we don't, we don't get that. Uh, all we get is Mel Gibson is Martin Riggs. Um... There's a, okay. there's a, there's a, if, if you click into the Martin Riggs specific article, because Wikipedia has decided that's a thing that needs to exist. Uh, he was in the army at age 19, uh, becoming okay, a member so of army special forces. Okay. Neither of us did that. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, the first time he became a killer was when he shot a man to death with a sniper rifle in Laos. Okay. I have not done that. Um, his ability as a trained killer would later affect his mental health. Notice how Mike just moved on and did not indicate he has not shot someone in Laos with a sniper rifle. Look, I cannot confirm nor deny <laughs> it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. His wife was uh, murdered. Okay. Yep. Neither <laughs> one of us. Cool. Neither one of us. Um, let's see. Uh, Riggs gets on Murtaugh's nerves. Okay. Which one um, of us gets on the other's nerves more? <laughs> As somebody that often extends this podcast for no reason i'm sure i've gotten on your nerves quite a bit as the editor uh i can neither confirm nor deny that statement (laughs) excellent um which one of us would be most likely to to marry uh renee russo or i guess not marry but oh no marries renee russo in in lethal weapon 4 hmm um so i'm i'm gonna put one thing out there for for me specifically uh she she started acting the year before i was born okay so some some problems there Mm -hmm. yeah well okay let me back to be fair now in this reboot in this reboot it's probably not specifically renee russo right we need to find who's gonna play renee russo in our lethal weapon reboot I feel like now we're just doing It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but that's fine. <laughs> some For some reason, my first thought was Zendaya. Okay. Okay. I don't know what that says about me or about Zendaya, but for whatever reason, I just want to talk about Zendaya. I have no idea anything about Zendaya, but I want to talk about Zendaya. Yeah, that's legit. Um, I think she would be great in our Lethal Weapon reboot. That I mean, she's we fantastic doing. in the Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, anyways, all that to say, uh, you're by the book and I play by my own rules. That seems reasonable. That's, that's, that's my, that's my unfunny assessment. To be fair, I think I'm with you. I was kind of like, I mean, if I'm going to think about it in the D and D alignment chart, I'm like, I am kind of closer to lawful good. (laughs) Oh yeah. I am very, I very much consider myself neutral. Good. I will do whatever needs to be done. Yeah. I'll, I'll. I, I just I just do good and it's, sometimes it's weird and crazy and sometimes sure. it's by the book but sometimes it's not yeah you yeah for for me it's it's very much I've got my my I've got my routine and I, it's it's following the laws even if they're un well that's not true I don't want to say that sometimes you gotta <laughs> fight the unjust yes. laws to be lawful good yes it's true that's the the story arc for any good paladin right there I don't think I've ever played a paladin, which seems like a, a odd choice for me. I should be doing that. I think you'd make a good paladin. I think you'd do that pretty well. Well, well friend, when is our next D&D night? 
I mean, you you joke, but I will I will set something up, my dude. <laughs> this whole game is about me playing a paladin. Hey, I'll do what needs to be done. Uh, that's the neutral good, baby. I <laughs> excellent. Uh, anyways, Community Season 1, Episode 20, The Science of Illusion, starts out in the Dean's office. It is April Fool's Day. Psych! Tomorrow's April Fool's Day. He got me. He got me. Uh, Leonard does grab the, the microphone from him and does Baba Booey, Baba Booey from Howard Stern. Which I feel like is classic Leonard. Feels like, very much like Leonard. If you were to say Leonard from Community does an april fool's day prank what does he do it's either that or something involving copious amounts of nudity those are the two things yes, exactly the like the legitimately the only other thing i was thinking of is like getting naked and jumping uh, jumping off the high diving board mm-hmm. golf cart naked just get a golf cart ride it around campus butt naked that's I, a leonard move i i feel like that's big leonard energy big leonard g <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like there's like y- there are ways to here. I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna just punch up that idea. And I get I get the the golf cart. It just feels like you're you're more enclosed. What about a Segway naked? Okay, because then everybody's gonna see everything. Okay, I'm I'm willing to accept that. I think the golf cart is a little bit more. You know, he's an old guy sitting down, probably mm. better. Um, it's true. But, you know, I think he could commit. I think he'd stand on that segue just to commit to the bit so we can see his bits. Classic I, I, Leonard. I, I, I'm proud of your wordplay there. The Dean has provided a list or a, a pamphlet of guidelines for school sanctioned pranks. Yeah, because uh, the pranks need to be physically safe, politically balanced and racially accessible. All, all hallmarks of a fantastic prank. All hall, hallmarks of a fantastic prank. So here's the thing. I don't like April Fool's Day. Sure. Me neither. It's awful. I think it's I think it's garbage. And I think it's because any good prank is not those things. Yes. And I don't want something that's not those things. That's fair. I think there's good, you know, there's obviously comedy off of being those three things. Because, you know, w- the whole thing. Well, I guess we're not politically balanced, but... <laughs> We are racially accessible and physically safe. I'll say that. So there's comedy there. Um, but yeah, it, it, pranks are very much. And I, I actually think Troy is right when in the next scene, he's like, practical jokes are supposed to shake up the system a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's actually a little right there. Yes, I would agree. So yeah, the pranks without shaking up the system is basically like nothing. Yes. Accurate. Um, so um, the speaking si- of system tr- needs oh. to be shaken yeah and not stirred uh speaking of uh troy he uh he has a peanut jar which of course is usually <laughs> full of snakes and he's like here who wants some peanuts and abed picks it up and there's no snake in it and tr- troy just holds up the snake see that is actually a prank that i really enjoy it's good. because it's, it's, a, it's a subversion it's pranking the prank right Exactly. You're shaking up the system of the pranks. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, that prank is physically safe, politically balanced, and racially accessible. So we've kind of undercut our own point here. Troy has undercut our point Ah, because he's a mastermind of pranks. That is not what I described Troy as, but fair enough. Annie uh, is looking at this 
a little pamphlet here, and she sees that they allow student volunteers to be campus security during times of, quote, heightened shenanigans. I can't imagine the amount of time that that went into the flyer. Like, if the dean was like, (laughs) how do I say this without shenanigans? But they're not normal shenanigans heightened shenanigans oh i'm such a genius type 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 i mean just like a real university there are standard shenanigans sure every every college has shenanigans it's part of why you go to college of course how how many of who who amongst us can say i didn't go to 7-eleven at two o'clock in the morning to get too many hot dogs and too much mountain dew i mean i wasn't i wasn't super big on hot dogs but you know as as aforementioned i've played a lot of D D, and i don't know if D D contributes to the mountain dew thing or if the stereotype of D D players drinking mountain dew contributes to the mountain dew thing like we're supposed to be playing D D and drinking mountain dew so we need some mountain dew but i've never drank more mountain dew than when i was playing D D in college I will say it was that, always there. Honestly, I never played D and D until I met you. So there's that. Um, but I was drinking Mountain Dew because I was a I was a hardcore video gamer. I was playing Super Sm- Smash Bros. Melee with all my friends and de- demolishing them with Snake and Luigi in college. And that's nice. how cool I was. I mean, I was playing D&D, so that's how cool I was. To be fair, Um, we're both just laying our nerd cred out for our listeners. (laughs) uh Uh-huh. Which one of us is the nerd that plays by the book? And which one of us is the nerd (laughs) who's the badass? (laughs) This is a real question. I cannot wait for this Twitter poll to go up so we can actually see how our, uh, our listeners see us. This is when by the way, that comes up because Shirley says, oh, we should do that together. We should both be part of this temporary campus security thing. Mm -hmm. And then Abed is like, it's a classic cop movie, but which one of you is by the book and which one of you would be the badass? And they both immediately decide they would be the badass. Right. I I do like the fact that Abed basically just hijacks the entire storyline from the jump. Oh, yeah. I mean, we find out a little later that his cable's out. So, I mean, he has to do something. Sure. But But in the year 2020, he'd be like, I'd be on my phone and reading stuff, doom scrolling on the Internet. It's true. Um, As we all are. Or just, you know, YouTube. Like, I have in 2020 just repeatedly fallen down YouTube rabbit holes because I'm like... Oh, I just got off of work and I don't really have a lot of energy to whatever. So two hours of YouTube, just auto playing whatever comes next. And that's exactly. how I get from uh, YouTube videos about retro video games to uh, vintage computer restoration to uh, the weird history channel where I learn all about Typhoid Mary. So that happened the other day. That's good. I'm glad you... When you first said Weird History Channel, I was like, oh no, he's watching ancient aliens on YouTube somehow. (laughs) Aliens. Uh, But yeah, like, uh, I will just... There there are days in which I'm just like, I don't want to do anything else, but I just want to watch Marble Runs all day. And we are part of... And I will say we're a part of... uh, It's currently Marble League 2020. And I've got 
legitimately, I bought a sticker for my favorite team, <laughs> the O-Rangers. I'm showing Ben. I it's love terrific. It. I haven't decided I where it. to put it on. Uh, I'm thinking on my Switch uh, dock, but I have not figured out where to put it yet. I love it. It's so, very good. It's an old logo. I like the newer logo, but you know, you can get you can pretty much only buy what what they get. Mm-hmm. Um, it, see, it's even got a lasso. See the lasso? It's so good. It's pretty good. Pierce comes in and uh, he says that. Well, it, he's offered some of these peanuts. He's like, no thanks. I'm on a uh, very specific fast because my Buddhist church is having an ascension ceremony and I'm going to become a level six laser Lotus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so all he's eating is salt water and honey. And apparently it's better if it goes down the wrong pipe, which I don't think there's a right pipe for that. You know, I think there might be a right pipe and it's the, uh, the kitchen sink drain, um, except for the honey. If you could just extract it, the honey sounds nice. Like if you put honey <laughs> on some bread, I'll eat that. Uh, but the salt water seems to ruin it unless unless you're using that salt water to make some good pasta. You you make a honey drizzle sauce on top of it. Boom, you've got a lunch. Okay. Honey drizzle sauce pasta. Like you, you put some maybe some, you turn it into like a honey mustard sauce. You put some like, okay. a, you know, something. I'm not a, a good chef, but I'm a chef. Um, but uh, level sixes do have immunity to germs, heightened psychic ability, and improved night vision. So a couple of things about this. I do love how being a level six basically sounds like getting the level six of a class in D&D. Uh, it 100% does. Because that definitely sounds like uh, the sort of abilities you would get at level six of some class yeah. in D&D. Like, you got dark vision. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. You can now take a feat. Second, um, Troy asks uh he he says any improvements to your combat score which i just want to point out because i was watching with the captions it spells combat with a k like mortal combat <laughs> i missed that that's terrific <laughs> which is phenomenal i have a lot of i have a lot of questions as to why that was chosen because i would expect it to be a normal c be a normal c or like in the show, it is known that it's spelled with a K, but they were just like, they typed it with a C or whatever. But no, they very specifically spelled it with a capital K, like Mortal Kombat. And I'm like, oh, snap, that's amazing. Like, yeah, it now feels, Pierce it, is a Mortal Kombat yeah, character. I, it went from a D&D joke to a Mortal Kombat joke and nobody noticed? <laughs> right. Except for Troy, because when he says combat, it's clearly spelled with a capital K. And it makes sense because uh, when they came back from uh, the holidays, Troy had been playing all sorts of video games, and probably Mm -hmm. one of them is Mortal Kombat. Because, you know, who doesn't play Mortal Kombat? I mean, I... I, I, When I was a kid, I I was like, oh man, this is crazy and intense. And I'm like, it's an okay fighting game. Yeah, I'm Street Fighter all the way. Fair enough. Uh, Street Fighter or Killer Instinct. I was obsessed with Killer Instinct uh, Killer way Instinct. back in the day. Was Spinal good. was my guy. I was Saber Wolf. Um, also a good choice. Uh, or occasionally the robot, just because he had lasers and was cool. Fulgore, right? Fulgore, yeah, that's yeah. his name. Welcome. Look, this to- is a mortal. This this is a this is a Killer Instinct <laughs> podcast now. Excellent, we did it. <laughs> our our <laughs> Killer Podstinct. <laughs> we. 
we fooled you into thinking this was a community podcast and now we're talking about killer instinct from here on out you know it's, it, it it all hinges on one specific caption of a community podcast <laughs> but this is how deep the rabbit hole goes jeff takes this as an opportunity to uh play a prank on pierce and he says you know, right before you got here, some guy was delivering level six ceremonial robes. And, you know, if you go run off, you might be able to catch him. And so when Pierce runs off, he tells Abed, uh, run to the theater department. Don't come back without something totally outlandish. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brit is like, hey, can we are we just going to ignore the fact that we're exploiting the naiv- naivete of Pierce? And Jeff calls Britta a buzzkill. Yeah. And everyone's basically like in agreement with this Brita buzzkill thing. Troy it's sort does of the suggest, theme of the episode. Yeah, Troy does suggest that buzzkill is the wrong term because she's more of a fun vampire. Yeah, that doesn't really describe it. You're more of a fun vampire because you don't suck blood. You just suck. Which is a r- rough thing to say to a friend of yours. It's a little bit rude, yes. Uh, but Pierce comes back. He couldn't find catch the cal- delivery guy. Abed, though, has apparently, definitely uh, air quotes on that one, um, and now he has a package, and the robes look like an actual wizard with a hat. Yeah. <laughs> Every, I, my favorite part about this scene is that everybody is like kind of like chuckling and enjoying this, except for Britta, and and Pierce is like, Britta, are you ever, are you, do you ever get tired of being a buzzkill? And she's like, wait, I'm stepping up for you. In the dean's office, Shirley and Annie have been deputized for 48 hours. They get their whistles and they get their windbreakers and they get uh, one thing of pepper spray. Mm-hmm. He only has the one. It's his own personal pepper spray. But, you know, he'll be fine. He'll just shop at a different grocery store for the week. In a quote unquote better neighborhood. They both want to carry it um, and they continue to argue about who will be the badass. Honestly, every time they argue about who's going to be the badass, that's what I wrote down because like it it becomes repetitive right it is interesting to me that so and you know i'm i'm jumping ahead a bit here but annie repeatedly brings up shirley being a christian mom and housewife sure as like a well she can't be the badass but i'm like do you remember that thing about putting someone's face through a jukebox yeah like, she's very there's specific no, there's no contest here annie right. like <laughs> You are you brought a knife to a gunfight. And Shirley's the gun. And Shirley's the gun, exactly. <laughs> Guns don't kill people. Shirley kills people. I wouldn't doubt it for a minute. <laughs> um so so the Dean, as as he he's kind of deputizing them, has no idea what's going on. And Abed, who is standing in the back of the room and apparently eating milk duds, tells him that this is the twist on the buddy cop formula. He's here because his cable's out, as you mentioned earlier. Which seems interesting because he's in the dorm. Shouldn't mm-hmm. the dean know that the cable is out? Although, I mean, I will say maybe the dean doesn't know the reference between Abed and the cable being out to Abed being in the room with them. Maybe the dean is aware the cable is out, but he has bigger fish to fry because it's April Fool's Day. There are heightened mm. shenanigans. There's no time for cable fixing. I mean, you know, it's it, that that smacks of I can't focus on two things. Uh-huh. Especially it's as you hard. deputize people on your campus security force. Uh-huh. I can't make a phone call to the cable company. Can 
I'll be on I'll be on hold for hours. Have you ever made a phone call to the cable company? I it have. Sucks. It's it's rough. It sucks. But I, every time I do it, like I sit on there for two hours and then I get on the phone and I'm just I'm nice because you know what? I know whoever came off the phone with that poor guy at the, the cable company just yelled at him for no reason. I'm like, look, I know that I, I, I I'm somewhat technically uh, enabled, uh, but I know that your job is is probably not great and you probably just got yelled at. So I'm just going to be nice to you as a tech support guy who. Uh, I don't take so many phone calls these days, but um, in my earlier days of tech support, I took a lot of phone calls. Uh, I appreciate you, my friend. <laughs> Again, lawful good. <laughs> I do like this continued bit where Abed is like suddenly there in the background because, and I wasn't paying close enough attention to know if he was just conveniently out of frame or if they literally filmed a shot without him there. I don't, then, I think he was covered up by the Dean's head in a lot of them. Because I did, I, I well, looked. well, yes, but I mean, in like later on when he's in the golf cart and that sort of thing, I mean, I wasn't paying that close of attention because I was also taking notes. <laughs> um, That's fair. But either way, it's it's a very good bit because you don't see him there like at all, and then the the scene it cuts to a different angle, and he's just leaning in and like telling people to say things, and yeah. like it's a it's a good bit. Abed's really good in this one. He's got a really good episode in this one. I agree. Um, and it kind of sets the uh, the stage for a, 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 a really great Abed uh, episode where he doesn't say a whole lot um, coming up. Uh-huh. We're going to get to that. Ep- you've mentioned that episode like five times I now. I love it. It's such a great choice. Uh, we're going to get to that episode. And you're not going to mention it at all because exactly. that's the real prank. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Politically balanced. In the cafeteria, Britta is telling Jeff that she is thinking about pulling a prank because she's tired of being a buzzkill. Mm-hmm. She wants to fit in. She wants everybody to think she's cool. And so her prank is that she's going to sneak into the bio lab, get a frog, put it on Chang's desk. But wait. I, 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 what else could there possibly be? On that frog's head will be a little sombrero that says... Senor Chang. <laughs> My favorite part is Jeff's like, oh, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> I I just, I frankly love Jeff as like, oh, you're done. And then he's like, oh, I get it. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, because she's like, well, no, I mean, I don't think you get it. Like the frog is Senor Chang. And then Jeff's like, oh, wait, no, I got it. It's just not funny. Yeah. I don't think it's a terrible... It's, I don't think it's the worst ever prank, but it's not like the best prank. It's... Yeah, it's not... It's mad. It's, it's mad best. Yeah, it's fine. Britta does say it's not Jeff's kind of joke because it's not at anyone's expense, but I I actually think it is at somebody's expense. I think it's at Senior Chang's expense. Mm-hmm. I would be... If I walked into my office and there was a frog on my desk with a sombrero that had my name written on it. Right. I would be confused at minimum. I mean, I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be angry. Like it's not so much at my expense that I'm like, Oh, who did this? But I'd be like, what the hell? What what does, what does a frog say about me? What are you trying to say? (laughs) Right. Like it's gonna, it's gonna linger there unless you are immediately like, Haha, I did it and I thought it was funny because frogs are funny. 
And I'd be like, okay, that fine, whatever. But if you don't do that, I'm right. like, is this a warning? It yeah. Does, does like what a, am I slippery like a frog? Like what is this trying to say about me? Also, where did she get the sombrero that says Senor Chang on it so quickly? Well, okay, so <laughs> I just want to point out that this is in the before times when we could go places. Well, sure. <laughs> But okay, but all my point is is that you can go to a dollar store, pick up a probably a small some like small sombrero, and then draw a senior Chang on it. Um, okay, sure. I guess. I mean, we're in I just, we're near Denver, Colorado. We oh, we have well, in so that many case, places to get things like this. I just, I mean, I just she went from pranks are uh, dumb and immature and. Then went to, I already have a small hat for a frog that says our Spanish professor's name on it uh, in like hours. I still think, well, I mean, I think it's not the hardest thing to procure a small sombrero. The hardest thing is the senior Chang, but I honestly think she just wrote it down on her with like Sharpie or something. It didn't look like Sharpie. It looked like, okay, I'm going to pull up the episode. (laughs) An unprecedented move. We're go- we're going back to the film. This is a instant replay. Let's look at the tape. <laughs> okay, gotta find it here in Hulu. Science of Illusion, loading because it takes time. Yeah, I mean, well, so I'm looking at uh, there. It, it it did come up for auction apparently. At okay. propstoreauction.com. Okay. Um, it, it Somebody paid $300 for this small hat. Just want to point that out there. Uh, okay. It, it does look like there is some drawing on it of a boat, a serpent. F- it looks like the a, Florida Marlins logo. Oh, Florida Marlins, sure, sure. And then Senior Chang, and it does look written on. Okay. I just, it flashes by so quick, I thought it was like... Like printed or uh, woven something? on oh, like gotcha. like it's a little woven sombrero and like it was like part of it i guess i gave britta so much um just so much credit mm-hmm. but yeah so you're, you're right i do think it is actually written on i just want to know who who paid three hundred dollars for this I, was it um, for charity this is a pretty recent auction this is a year and a half ago yeah so i'm just i'm just kind of wondering you know just seems $300 seems like a lot for a tiny components sombrero materials paper hmm paper you say oh yeah okay this is yeah this that okay yeah I think you're right that definitely looks like it has been drawn on Th- now that if if let's actually look at it in the episode though because I'm gonna go down this uh well yeah I I pulled it up on the episode and I think I think this is um identical it does look very similar, although there is some interesting difference in the placement of the seat, the boat on the. Do you prop. think whoever whoever bought this got ripped off? Did they not get the real Senior Chang Mini Frog sombrero? It is possible, my friend. I think we've found a mystery afoot. Yeah, let's see. Okay, I'm gonna pull this off here. Look at two different tabs. 
Um, oh, here's the thing. It's there might have been multiple props for this because I'm looking at both the fro- I have screenshots of the frog wearing it. I have a screenshot okay. of Britta pulling it out for the first time, and I've got a screenshot of the illusion, and they it matches the one that is is being worn by the frog, but not okay. th- the one that she's holding to show Jeff has the boat and the marlin much lower. Yes, absolutely. So I think they just had multiple different props here. <laughs> okay, that was somehow the most I'm going to send this to you specific. So- uh rabbit hole we've ever gone down i'm gonna send this to you so you can post it to our twitter when this show comes out excellent because this rabbit hole and i know that's just a whole that i don't even think those are going to turn into real uh uh links but yeah they're they're just the google image results for the three images i just pulled up okay so whoever bought this got the one that was actually on the frog's head it looks like i agree and and you know what i think that's probably the better one to have if you're gonna if you're gonna buy a mini frog sombrero, you want the one that the frog actually wore. Of course, I mean if you're gonna spend three hundred dollars on this wo- paper thing, you might as well go for it. I go think we spent half home. an hour talking about this sombrero, anyways. <laughs> what you're saying? We on this podcast had a tangent? No way. Yeah, but usually they're not about community. That's true. This tangent was remarkably <laughs> on path. Anyways, Jeff does not think this this is a funny prank. Uh, and Britta's like, no, I mean, it's, it's great. My prank is going to cause a sea of laughter, and I'm going to watch you drown in it. And there's that severity again. Meanwhile, Pierce is, is trying to read Troy's mind. And, and so... And succeeding, apparently. Yeah, he just says, seven. And then Troy looks shocked. He's like, that's right. And then Jeff walks up, and he's like... that explain what's going on and he's like okay well what color am i thinking of and pierce immediately goes pink and jeff's like what the hey i do love how jeff says that it's the way he says it is so good it's Uh this entire freaking podcast is gonna be man this line read is so good from me i it turns out the actors on community were talented and and knew how to get me to laugh it's like the actors in this comedy show figured out how to get people to laugh. It's weird with their talent. Uh, Jeff suggests that it may be the robe, um, while Starburns is like, "Cookie crisp, cookie crisp," and Jeff's like, "Shut up." Jeff is like, "Hey, uh, it was super weird. That guy came back and he said he forgot to deliver this. Uh, he said it focuses your powers, and it is a literal cookie wand." Because it's Cookie Crisp. Mm-hmm. And Pierce is even, he's like, is is that a cookie? And then Troy says, maybe it's a piece of a meteor, which is good enough for Pierce. He believes it. I, I, I did a quick, first off, I did a quick Google because I wanted to go down this rabbit hole of Cookie Crisp Wizard because... Mm-hmm. It was not the the cookie crisp. I I am similar to Troy. If we, when we get there, uh, that I think he was a burglar when it was when I was a kid. Um, mm-hmm. But if you Google cookie crisp wizard, the first the first four images are one of the actual cookie crisp wizard, one of of Pierce dressed up <laughs> and doing the same exact action as it. Then a picture uh-huh. of Pierce, and then a picture of the current mascot but there is also this this article on medium by logan busby 
called The Confusing Cookie Crisp Mascot History. Okay. So the in 1977, the boxes featured the mascot Cookie Jarvis, who is the uh, Merlin-esque wizard who had the power to turn basically anything into Cookie Crisp. Um, in 1985, uh, Cookie Jarvis was replaced by the Cookie of Cookie Crook and Cookie Cop. Uh, for, uh, excuse me. I, I, I apologize to my everyone. He's formerly known as Officer Crumb. All Cookie Cops are bastards. Anyways, continue. <laughs> Politically balanced. Um, and then uh, uh, in 1990, Cookie Crook found help in ch- with Chip the Dog, um, which is great. Because cookies and cookie chips and things like that and mm-hmm. chocolate chips. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1997, General Mills bought the trademark and got rid of them. And it's just uh, uh, Chip the dog, who's now uh, not the criminal part. And he's he's the face now. Um, and, then it, and then in 2003, Chip the wolf showed up. And that is the current mascot. I'm just going to say... Why was that confusing? Cookie Jarvis is a weird name for a wizard. Hey, in 1977, <laughs> Jarvises were everywhere. The whole world were run by Jarvises. Okay. Cookie Jarvis. Oh, because like a cookie jar. Okay. I had to say it out loud. That makes that makes so much more sense. <laughs> Because he put cookies in a cookie jar, so he's Cookie Jarvis. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I figured it out. (laughs) Oh, you sure did, my friend. Oh, my goodness. Cookie Jarvis. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. I'll be back in a bit. <laughs> that should not be this funny. Anyways, Pierce says he's the coolest guy in the world. So, uh, that night. No, not that night. Later on. It's dark, which is why I said that night. But it's just later on that day. It's the middle of the day. It's fine. I think it is kind of... Well, I mean, I think it's it, it, it has moved to night now. Has it not? Has it? Because I think... there's people... There's definitely people at the campus when well, this happens. Well, you know, it, it's a, a campus... It's a college campus with dorms. People are... Just out, like a real college. Just like a real college. So I imagine people will be around at night. Yes, Britta is in the bio lab. It's dark. Maybe it's night. She's stealing a frog. And all in I the have process, here, all I have here is boy, this is just a disaster. Yes. So in the process, she steals the frog. She puts a sombrero on it. Uh, it's frankly adorable. Uh, I don't think cute. anyone is here to dispute that. It's very cute. However, the frog jumps away and she chases after it and manages to, in the process of this, knock a cadaver out the window including while trying to to save it grabs the body bag and so it slides right out of the body bag right so it's it's just just a naked dead body that just gets dumped unceremoniously out the window while she's recoiling at the horror of people outside screaming about the dead body that just fell out of a window uh she also manages to step on the frog that was once very cute and is now very dead 
Yeah. So disaster. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's about as disastrous as a prank can go, I think. I would say it's even more disastrous than some of our previous disastrous opening bits. None of our opening bits have cadavers. I'll just say that. Not yet. There's still time. <laughs> Not with that attitude, there aren't. Later on, they're looking at the damage. The security guards are there. Officer Kakowski and uh, uh-huh. Officer Hancock. Your favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, Officer Hancock is played by Jay Johnston. Uh, he is Jimmy Pesto on Bob's Burgers. And he's uh, one of the uh, uh, players on Mr. Show. I do love me some Bob's Burgers. It's true. Uh, but yeah, uh, Annie and Shirley show up and they're campus security. And there's they're ba- they both basically just try to show how much of a badass they are. And they both are just cringe as hell i could not i i could i every time this this scene specifically where they're literally telling these police officers how bad like how hard they are it's just like uh-huh. i can't i cannot do this right annie's like i'm annie edison but people call me psycho because i had a nervous breakdown in high school my partner's a christian housewife can we help you actually can we not help you i tend to play by my own rules she loves rules I only have one. Stay out of my way. Stay out of mine more. Like, they're just trying to constantly just yeah. out-badass each other. Officer Krakowski and Officer Hancock both say, hey, this is misdemeanor vandalism. You can take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and then at that point, uh the dean's talking to them and abed leans in from the background and is like tell them they have 24 hours to solve the case and then the dean's like they do you have 24 hours to solve this case your ass is on the line my ass is on the line i think that's a different that's later that's, that's but later yes. but i just love it i'm gonna do it again abed does take a picture of with his flip phone flip phone to get quote unquote the poster it's fair. I love Abed. Abed's so great. Much. I don't have any commentary on that other than I love Abed. In Spanish class, the dean is talking to the class and he's like, somebody murdered a partially clothed animal and threw a human corpse out the window. Um, he declares... It's funny how he didn't mention the, the state of clothing on the cadaver. I mean... A naked cadaver, normal. A frog with a hat on it, weird. That's, that's a notable thing. I suppose that's fair. If the cadaver was wearing a sombrero, then I think the dean would have brought that up. That's a good point. Um, either way, uh, April Fool's Day is now banished from Greendale. April 1st is now March 30, 32nd, forever. I'd be fine with that because as mentioned before, mm-hmm. I hate April Fool's Day. It will mess up the like what's it de- what days have 30, what days have 31, but that's fine. And just add an addendum on the end and says and March has 32 because it f April Fool's Day. It feels easier to just stop people from doing April Fool's Day than remove April 1st together altogether because because now Mm. march 32nd is going to happen and then the next day is april 2nd just going to point this out if there's no april 1st you don't owe any rent on the first on uh, april no april rent check that out you know what you've brought me around to your point of view (laughs) 
Uh-huh. April's a free month of rent because there's no April Boom. 1st. Boom. Lawyered. Boy, I can't wait to do How I Met Your Mother with you. <laughs> I was joking about doing a podcast where you watch it in reverse and <laughs> talk about basically repeatedly how bad the ending was and make call it How I Regret Your Mother. Uh, anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, that ending sucked, didn't it? So bad. Also, uh, the Dean is like, because Pierce says something and the Dean like, is like, how do you like, know it was somebody in this room? Something right. like that. And the Dean's just like, okay, first of all, why are you dressed like a wizard? And Pierce tries to like do something with his wand. I don't exactly know what he was trying to do. Uh-huh. But I it mean, it concentrates work. his power. So he points it at the Dean and makes like wow noises. Well, right. But I'm just, um, I'm just trying to understand what he was trying to get the Dean to like stop asking him or what? Like, like was he? Tr- he wasn't trying to read the dean's mind. There's no, there's no need for that. I thought you were going to say there's no mind to read, but no, I think I was there's like, that's, a, that's rude. I think there's a mind in there. It's one I don't want to visit. But you know, a lot of Dalmatians up in that thing. Oh boy, so many Dalmatians. Anyways, it turns out that the uh, forensics, um, and he holds up he holds up a bag that says forensics on it, and it is just. A bloody mass. Mm-hmm. It is pretty gross. Yeah. He then holds up another bag of forensics with the uh, the sombrero on it, leading me to ask the question: Why did he hold up the first bag of forensics? Um, because he wants to make a point. Sure. Um, but either way, we know it can't be Chang because he has a crippling fear of frogs. Which Chang told him in confidence. Uh, which does mean that Britta's prank would have been unintentionally very cruel. Yes. Very and so, v- probably funnier than if it wasn't. Unfortunately, that is also true, yes. <laughs> um, um so the s- dean says that uh somebody somebody should just go ahead and Let's let's uh, confess, and if no one does, I'm gonna bring in a relative that cadaver was a person. I'm gonna bring in a relative of theirs every day until somebody confesses. Yeah. So, um, they bring in the cadaver's mother. Yes. Grandmother. Mother. Um, yeah. And she starts reading from his dream journal and boy, if there's something I don't want to do in Spanish classes, read about a dead man's dream journal. Especially in English. You're not even learning anything. Exactly. at least if it's in Spanish, you're still getting credit. Exactly. I do appreciate in this, like, Chang is like, why can't, why, like, why are we bringing in Glinda? Like, let me just teach my class. Britta won't fess up, though. She just looks around and just like, well, whatever. And, but Jeff knows because it's the hat that she showed Jeff. Mm-hmm. And... So he's trying to get her to confess and she's like, I was just tired of people calling me a buzzkill. Yeah. She doesn't want to come forward because it'll fit that narrative. And she, and he's like, well, but you single-handedly killed an entire school's buzz. So the toe tag fits, which is such a great turn of phrase. I love it. Um, and, and apparently there are, uh, Henry, I believe, is the cadaver, the cadaver's name when he was alive, uh, had 13 nieces and nephews. So if Britta doesn't come clean, Jeff is going to tell everyone she did it. Out on the quad, team 
badass cop. Okay, I'm I'm in. <laughs> Let's do it. Is watching Starburns mm-hmm. because they think he maybe did it. Well, I um, think that's a he's... pretty reasonable first guess. I mean, when in doubt, you know, I I hate to profile, but Starburns is up to some crap. Yeah, like he. Well, I think he is he a canonical drug dealer yet. <laughs> uh, I don't think he's. I don't think yet. Um, well, he's definitely a well, drug I mean, he, user because he did the, yes. the Halloween. Yes, absolutely. But I believe later on he does. He is dealing drugs. Um, but yes, he also has basically given a sign to everybody with his burns of stars. If you're walking around with uh, stars shaved into your sideburns, I'm not saying it's right that people profile you, but you're going to get profiled in some weird ways. Yes. Some very interesting ways. Either way, I believe Annie says that uh, I guess if he was more interesting, he wouldn't have to shave stars into his sideburns. It's true. He's basically peacocking at its finest. Right. Uh, So they continue to talk about why each each of them wants to be a badass. Annie doesn't want to be seen as a kid anymore. And Shirley is sick of being put in the margins after having two kids. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. and then they get a phone call and from a blocked number. Ooh, Ooh spooky. spooky. Uh, it is a, at the same time. It is a voice that is kind of low and um, awkward not, and, and not well dis- disguised at all. Uh huh. And uh, it says, Edison. Who is this? Annie says, Drop them if you smoke them. And Abed says cut to action sequence because, uh-huh, of course, he's he's hanging out there he's in the back of this the whole thing. golf cart. Mm-hmm. I do appreciate that it's very clearly, clearly Britta's voice and Annie doesn't yes. recognize it. Yeah, she makes a point to be like, I don't recognize the voice. Yeah. So apparently all you need to do to fool Annie is talk uh, about half lower an octave than lower. you used to. Uh huh. Um, they drive over to Jeff, and here's where they basically uh, uh, do some aggressive police tactics. Uh, yes, I would call that feeling Jeff up. Which I mean, you know, we could call it stop and frisk. <laughs> I would call it getting to touch uh, Jeff Winger's glorious abs and inner thighs. Yeah, they do kind of like compete on who can pat him down the best and most aggressively. That is a competition that, uh, look, I'm, I'm <laughs> Joel McHale would need to sure. be totally consenting, um, which, he w- consent which is important. his character is not in this situation, but of course he's an actor. So, you know, he probably was like, this has to happen for the plot. But if Joel McHale, when we, when we can all see each other in person again, sure. and we're no longer quarantined, if Joel McHale wants to fly out to Portland and hang out with us. And then we can have a who can pat down Joe McHale the best competition. I'm not going to say no to that. Um, I want to live in the fiction you've created <laughs> because A, we're not in quarantine anymore. Uh-huh. B, that's a, that's Joe a McHale one. flies to Portland to hang out with us. Specifically to hang out with us. Uh-huh. And C, we have a, a weird aggressive pat down uh, competition of Joe McHale where I'm assuming it's the entire friend group gets to do it, or is it just you and me, and they get to watch? 
I mean, that's up to Joel McHale. That's true. Joel, come on the podcast. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, so yes, they they aggressively pat down Jeff. They search his bag. They dump out, uh, as Annie says, enough tiny items to equip a whole amphibian mariachi band. And then Shirley adds, of frogs. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta add that that one little thing that makes everything understandable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff says that Britta planted this, and then uh, just kind of runs. <laughs> yeah, he runs. We get a chase scene. Uh, Abed is in the back of the the golf cart, sure. just giving directions the whole time. Right. Um, like he tells Annie, you know, chase him on foot, and uh, tells Shirley to like go around and cut him off. Right, because or... he runs between some posts that the car- golf cart mm-hmm. can't get get through. Um, Annie then does the most amazing thing in the episode because she's running and decides to shoot the pepper spray at him, forgetting how gas works and runs uh-huh. into the pepper spray and just like, she's crying and stopping in pain. And she, and he looks back at her and is just like, what? Uh, uh-huh. Okay. And then just walks off this. slowly. I love this because even, even if they were both standing still at the distance at which <laughs> she is shooting the pepper spray, it is not going to do anything to Jeff. Yeah. And yet, they are running and she's like, this is a good idea and just runs directly into it. And it is, it is a, a another iconic Annie Edison gif. Yes. Um, it's so good. And B, I feel like it is just a metaphor for a lot of life where, <laughs> where you're trying to do something right. And instead you just run into your own pepper spray. Exactly. It is a great metaphor <laughs> for life self-inflicted um, friendly fire mm-hmm. which is what she calls it which is such a great turn of phrase too i love it so much mm-hmm. and uh so yeah when when jeff gets away and they they regroup uh they get into yet another argument uh-huh. and, and annie and jeff- is like all mascara up because of all the tears uh-huh. from the pepper spray and abed leans out of the golf cart and he literally says to a guy, hey, I'll, I'll give you some of these chocolate-covered raisins if you save my seat. Like, it's a real movie. Yeah. And the guy, the thing I love about this is the guy is just, he doesn't even, like, take a beat. He just kind of nods, and he's like, eh, and then he, you know, Abed hands him the chocolate-covered raisins, and he goes to sit down in the golf cart. Sure, yeah, but like, I mean, who doesn't want some chocolate-covered raisins for doing basically nothing? I just, I don't know what I would do if somebody was like, like, if we were actually watching a thing unfold in real life and somebody was just like hey i'll give you some of my snacks if you save my seat like that's a weird it's a weird thing i don't know what i would do with that but again the the draw of snacks gets me almost every time Mm, okay it's like here i'll give you some of my cool ranch doritos if i if you blah 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 i'm like i mean as long as it's legal i'll do it because cool ranch doritos are awesome (laughs) Oh man, I want some Cool Ranch Doritos. Ha! I have done it yet again. I'm, I'm more of a nacho cheese Doritos guy. Yeah, but I, I would take either. So I like Cool Ranch also for the fact that if you go to another country, it's called Cool American. <laughs> I love that. I love. I lo- whenever that that image shows up, it's so great. I need to Google this. Cool, cool. Ranch Doritos are called Cool American in in uh, Europe. 
in the UK, the colors, the flavor is called Cool Original, which is fine. Yep, that is Cool American Doritos. That's a thing. I feel like I need a bag of that, not to eat, but just to have. Yeah. It looks like, like I gotta check go out to, these Doritos. It looks like I gotta go to Holland to go get this. So, uh, guess I've got a field trip whenever everything opens. Uh huh. That's it's part of our post quarantine list. We get Joel McHale to come visit sure. us. We get a whole we go to Holland to get <laughs> to get some cool American Doritos. You know, the only reason to go to Holland I'm I, that I know of, other than I guess Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe the Hague. I don't know. There are things there, right? I guess they have tulips know, and windmills. Right? <laughs> wow, am I going to um, just be super stereotypical of, of the Netherlands right now? Things to do in Holland. Ooh, I like this idea. Um. Yes, I know it's a travel restricted to this destination. <laughs> Thank you. I, I'm I'm aware of that. Uh, Amsterdam, there's some windmills, there's a good-looking garden, um, there's a museum, there's a national park, um, the Anne Frank Museum, Mm -hmm. um... There's an amusement park called Efteling, which sounds awesome. mm -hmm, More windmills, there's, ooh, there's a Van Gogh Museum, I'm, I'm gonna go there just for, I'm gonna be eating my cool American Doritos at the Van Gogh Museum. That's true. There is also in, in the, uh, in the Hague, there is something called Maduro Dam, which is, uh, the Netherlands on a 1 to 25 scale, and you can see all of the country's top destinations. Now I kind of want to go to that and be like, I went to the entirety of Netherlands. Hold on. Oh, oh uh, here we go. Enjoy Venus Temple Sex Museum. Oh, uh, I am Venus not- Temple Sex Museum in Amsterdam has a claim to fame of having the, been the first sex museum in the world. The museum is located in a building that dates from the 17th century and has a wide display of sex-related memorabilia. Just some of it, just some of this includes an array of erotic artwork as well as photographs, sculptures, and other oddities like chastity belts. The aim of the museum is to tell the story of how sexuality has evolved over the years and is a quirky stop off on a trip to Amsterdam. I'm going to go eat my cool American Doritos at the Sex Museum and then follow it up with some cool American Doritos at the Van Gogh Museum. That sounds like a rocking day. (laughs) It does sound like a really good day. I do want to point out that it says a chastity belt is an oddity. I don't think that's what I describe a, a chastity belt as. Nowadays, I would. When's the last time you saw a chastity belt? I think this is a conversation for your other podcast, my friend. Anyways, <laughs> along with the, the cool office. American Doritos that I'm sure you can get on a taco somewhere. Back at the dean's office, um, the dean is just laying into them. He's like, I don't want you to feel judged by this, but the way you've handled this has disappointed me. <laughs> Your high-speed chase caused $78 in damages, and you didn't even get a statement from Mr. Winger. Um, I do love how this whole scene, the camera work just really loosens up. Mm-hmm. Like, it is it is tighter shots on people's faces, but the camera's just a little bit shaky, like it's a handheld yeah. thing. It turns into a real, like, cop drama style of filming just out of the blue and i just i i love that little detail about this yeah and i noticed Um, that in the uh, original scene in the dean's office because it almost felt like you were at the initial shot was from where you realize abed was 
So it's almost mm-hmm. like from his perspective. And I really like that as well. Um, Abed's like, is, is like feeding him lines of my ass is on the line. I just got off the phone with the mayor. Wait, the mayor. Well, I see how that would be frustrating, but the fact is... Your ass is on the line. My ass is on the line. You just got off the phone with the mayor. I just got off the phone with the... What the mayor? Stop doing that! I'm trying to help. You're not doing this right. (laughs) (laughs) The dean tells him to stop doing that. If you think... If you can do it better, you do it. And then Abed immediately jumps into a police chief character. It's like, you're off the case and off the force. I love how the dean is just so ready to just take those lines from Abed and use them. Like he doesn't even question, what are you doing behind my desk? (laughs) Feeding me these lines. It's just like your ass is on the line. My ass is on the line. Like it's so good. It's, it's, it's it's so good. And it's not until he finishes the sentence. Like, wait, what? No, (laughs) it's very good. Um, Uh, It's amazing. I love the Dean and I love Abed. Yeah, so obviously they're whenever co- they're playing off of each other, it's so good. It's very good. Uh, so yeah, Abed's police chief character pulls him off the case and off the force and that real badasses work together. Um, the Dean's like, that was harsh. And Abed's like, it's what they needed. I also love how when Abed shifts into the police chief character, the Dean is now holding Abed's popcorn and eating it. Yeah. So like he is now, the Dean is now the audience and he's just he's leaning into it to he's be eating fair, some of that popcorn I th- it's an entertaining scene mm-hmm. um I so do, good i do want to point out that uh, as annie and shirley are leaving the office uh leonard is carving dean pelton sucks into the office desk and later asks his friend how to spell testicles it's good just wanted to just make sure that everybody knew that that was a thing that happened in this episode um, Annie and Shirley realize that Abed's police chief character was right. They should have worked as a team, but but they can finish the case without being on the force. They don't need a badge. Later on in the study room, they confront Jeff. They're like, haha, we found you. And he's like, but before we the place that I was scheduled to be at the study <laughs> yeah. room with my study group. Uh, before before any and truly come in though, Jeff does compliment Britta on the frame job and calls her Brittadict Arnold, which Troy's like, oh, <laughs> colonial burn, which is very funny to me. Jeff says that he can prove Britta did it. She was going to put a frog on Chang's desk because that's the kind of thing she thinks is funny, isn't it, Britta? And Britta's just like, no. And he says, well, then why is there a photo on your Facebook page of a cat wearing a necktie it's my cat and the tie makes him formal and so at this point pierce decides to help out with this investigation by (sighs) reading jeff's mind because he believes he can do this now um and he just goes off on a whole thing about how jeff is having all these gay thoughts about dark nightclubs pumping bass music uh men's room stall penises two penises yeah it's a whole thing it's it's a whole thing. So uh, he does. Uh, they start questioning Jeff, and he doesn't really take it super seriously until Annie smashes his head multiple <laughs> times on the desk, and they handcuff him. Uh huh. Also, Shirley pulls out a pizza cutter. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> we went from zero to a hundred and fifty. I mean, they're both badasses. They play by their own rules. Shirley a hundred percent does. If there was a jukebox, his face would go through it. Uh, 
at this point, Britta freaks out because she's witnessing this um, torture. S- yes, um, <laughs> they're torturing their friend. Mm-hmm. What the hell? See this. This is this is why I think I didn't identify with Britta because I think Britta is neutral good. Okay. Right? She is she is good when she is able to like she because like she wasn't gonna fess up because like whatever like that's fine. But when she sees Jeff basically being tortured, she's like, okay, now I got to do the thing I got to sure. do. Yeah, um, and 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 her alignment doesn't really give her much in the way of like ability of doing things right like she she rolled a nat one when she went to go get that frog yeah to say the least um so <laughs> she comes clean and she's like she rolled yeah, a nat okay. one with advantage uh-huh Two ones. she comes clean and she's like um i just i did it because everyone thinks i'm a buzzkill knock knock who's there cancer oh come in i thought it was britta There's a great line that I really love uh, that you'll probably just put in here, but I do want to say it. Of course, a silly little joke ends with a a dead body on the lawn. I should have known that, but I wanted to do it anyway because I wanted to be like you. I wanted to be funny. The fact that she should have known that it ended with a dead body (laughs) on the lawn? Britta, really? Uh Uh-huh. I mean, you know, if you have enough anxiety, you imagine the worst. That's fair. As somebody, stealing a frog ends up with a dead body on the campus grounds. Th- and th- and this podcast certainly has a decent amount of anxiety between the two hosts. A, a lot of it. Annie is like the only... Re- she starts like crying. And she's I mean, like, everybody's going to cry here, yeah. I slammed Jeff's head against the table is because I wanted to feel like an adult, which is a statement. <laughs> um, Shirley says, well, I just... just trying to be a badass because i wanted to seem younger i'm i'm tired of everybody like um you know thinking of me as an old woman because like i'm i'm younger than people think and uh pierce actually comes clean and he's like well yeah i'm not really magic i i wish i was i only pretended to be a level six to impress you yeah he got Um, help back and and troy Oh, yeah. Troy. This one's the funniest. Yeah, he comes clean about how it's not really a meteor. Uh, and he's like, it's not even a reference I get because the Cookie Crisp mascot wasn't a wizard when I was a kid. It was a burglar. Which we've discussed. Mm-hmm. At length. At too much length, some <laughs> might say. At perhaps didn't make it into the podcast length. Literally everybody but Jeff and Abed are crying. Mm-hmm. Jeff um, is still handcuffed. So there's that. Jeff says okay britta maybe buzzkill is a bad choice of words you're like the dark cloud that unites us which i'm gonna say it's not a great thing to tell a person to be fair that's fine he is trying to find his his he's not good at the uh the the mushy stuff uh he also calls her the anti-winger which is also funny Mm -hmm. but then kind of gloms onto the idea that she's the heart of the group which is a good thing to say to a person said the other two yeah, exactly. Maybe next time lead with that instead yeah. of calling her the dark cloud that unites us. Uh, everybody goes to hug, except for, of course, Abed and Jeff. And Pierce is like, let's never let Jeff divide us again. And then the funniest scene, the funniest moment in the episode for me is, Troy, do you want a bite of my wand? I do. <laughs> and uh, Jeff says to Abed, why are you and I the only sane? And he's like, Shh, just watch. So it's very good. And that's where the episode ends. 
And so we go to the tag. It is the first appearance of Troy and Abbott in the morning, which is fantastic. They are interviewing Jeff and um, he, he they <laughs> ask him why he how he stays so fit. And he's like, you know, genetics working out. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's like, I hear we've got a clip. Could you want to set up for us? It's like, what are you talking about? Uh, and so they they just mimic Jeff like, oh, I'm so muscly and uh, my hair, blah, blah, blah. And Jeff says, where are the cameras? Oh, we're not and they filming say, this. Uh-huh. And he's like, and he's like, they're like, oh, we're not filming this. Who would want to watch this? <laughs> and Jeff, Me? Jeff is like, guys, it's 6 a.m., which I can appreciate. Like, I'm not getting up at 6 for that crap. I, you'd be lucky to get me up at 6 to be on a real TV show at that like that i mean i'll be honest with you if if somebody's like you'll have to get up before six to be on a tv show i'd be like i'll be on the tv show though i mean i will, that's, I will that's, plug good morning greendale on that tv show that's an early time because you got to be on the on air by six which means you got to be in makeup by like 5 30 which means yeah. you got to be there by like 5 15 which means you got to be up by like 4 30 to get there right. showering like, etc yeah it's across town right mm-hmm. it's a whole thing you know what anyways uh, you've thought this through clearly all i know is i've i've seen enough behind the scenes stuff on tv shows where i'm like hold on they had to get up how early to film a scene at seven in the morning cool i never went to be an actor in my life ever um so yes that's my feelings on that fair enough um but yes he storms off and that's the end of the episode and that means that it is time for grades i think this episode is pretty good i wouldn't say it's one of my favorites it does have some good scenes some good uh i really surprisingly like the annie and shirley and abed subs uh uh subplot um, I really like that. Um, Pierce's stuff is basically just funny, except for the times in which he basically just calls Jeff gay for minutes on end, which is not funny. Um, it's kind of his thing. It is, but it's still not funny. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not a huge fan of the Brita sub scene, even though it's kind of important to her character. I don't think it's super funny and I don't think it's supposed to be. Um, but I don't know. It just something doesn't feel right with it, even though I know it, it, it sets up who Brit is as we keep going forward. She is a buzzkill. She is kind of a fun vampire. She Brit is it something that she will be doing later on. Um, I, I don't know. It, 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 some, some bits of it just don't work for me. And I think that's just a personal thing, not necessarily about the show. I think the, sh- the episode is pretty good. It's certainly not like terrible. Um, it's, it's certainly a, a very easily watchable episode of community. It's just not some of the highs that we have later on and have we we've already had. Um I'll give it I'll give it a B. Okay. I really like this episode a lot. I think that the Shirley Annie Abed thing is great, especially when the scenes with the Dean just sure. bring it over the top. I mean, I Jim adore Rash is a Jim treasure. Rash. It's there it's no secret that uh i think jim rash is probably my favorite actor on this whole thing i'd agree with that um he's just so good and 
that whole that whole thing is great i just love how in that one shot it's just like the the whole just filming of the scene just changes and i think it's a good preview of stuff that we're gonna see a lot more once we get to season two sure um where it kind of plays with the genre right of of the show yeah i totally with you and um so yeah i i really like all of that um the Britta trying to be trying to not be a buzzkill like I, I think it's a fine plot um it it serves to be more of the villain in Shirley and Annie's story than an interesting story on its own sure but overall I I think it's I think it's pretty good uh, I would give this episode an a minus okay um I have very little negative to say about it it's it's really doing a lot to play with um with the the genre of it um there's a lot of just amazingly laugh out loud uh funny moments in this episode and yeah i would say i would say a minus okay where cool. i sit um but we would like to know where you sit on this episode's grades that was a weird way to word that it but was i stand by it uh, or tell us what you think about anything like the cookie crisp assert yeah. How, what do you think of Cookie Jarvis? <laughs> <laughs> or um, the Sombrero uh, investigation we went on that I'm assuming got cut. Did you spend, were you the one who spent $300 on a frog sombrero from the set of Community? Please let us know. And if if we talked about anything else, please remind us. Yeah, it we we went off the rails a little bit. Uh, it is an hour and 35 minutes into this recording, um, and I have no idea how much got cut by now, but we have lost it, I think, a little bit. So if there's a thing we forgot to mention uh, in this wrap-up that you want to comment on, um, let us know. If you're Joel McHale and you want to come visit us oh, in yes. Portland. <laughs> I, for, I forgot about us, us, us aggressively rubbing, uh, patting down Joel McHale. Uh-huh um the the aggressive pat down is optional we would still hang out with you even if you um are not cool with that just saying um <laughs> you're you if you you're up for us, it let's do the pat down if you're not we can uh we can figure out some other things to do right you visiting us is not dependent on us being allowed to aggressively pat down your abs and inner thigh mm. uh just saying um it's a plus is what i'm saying (laughs) um so yes uh you can let us know all of the stuff we just said by contacting us you can do that on twitter at good greendale and you can find a contact form to uh send us an email at goodmorninggreendale.com um and we are also on Patreon, yes. where uh, we post some occasional bonus content and live episodes and that kind of stuff. Yep. You can find out more about that at patreon.com slash back to Futurama. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those of you that during this time can continue to donate, thank you. And if you can't, thank you so much for coming to the end of this these journeys. I know this one was a lot. So uh, so thank you for listening. And I know that you know we, we missed a week. Um, uh, thank you for sticking with us while we're kind of just you know, trying to live our lives and trying to, trying to stay, uh, healthy and happy. And, uh, and I know that we, 
you know, when we come into your earbuds that you, you welcome us in there and you enjoy having us there. We really thank you for that. And we, we love you. We want you to be happy and healthy, uh, as we go through this, this really odd time and just know that we're thinking about you and we love you and, uh, and be safe. That'll do it for us this week. So, uh, until next time, um, when I'm reporting to you live from the sex museum in <laughs> Holland, <laughs> I'm Ben and I'm Mike. I, I wish, wish you luck. luck.